honor you. We declare, Lord, that you are high and lifted up. Lord, you are the focus and the source of our affection. Lord, you have captivated us. Lord, you have wooed us. <laughs> the spirit and the bride say, come. Lord, we love you. And we honor you in our life. We thank you for your presence. <laughs> You're so good to us. Lord, we honor you with the gifts that you've given us. We're so grateful, Lord. We could say that the gifts, as a picture, even of Valentine's Day, how we give gifts to those who we love, and we think about them, and we're going to continue in our gifts. In Ephesians, we have the, we covered last week, all of the different office of ministry gifts, and today we're going to begin to look at the, the apostolic gifting. And the title of today's message would be that the apostolic gifting is still for today. Now, that's a controversial statement. There's many who don't believe that the apostolic gift is still for today. And hopefully by the end of the day, or at least maybe the end of this couple weeks, we're going to probably spend two weeks on just the gift of the apostle. It's not taught very often. It's not looked at very often. Most people um, would say that um, that one is over and we're going to address some of that. The, the, the 12, there's, there's a difference between the 12. Amen. The, the 12 that were the foundation actually in New Jerusalem. Foundation stones of the 12. They're different. Amen. That kind of sets them apart. They're a little different. That doesn't mean that the, the apostolic anointing and that apostles aren't still here today. They're just in a little different, um, little different era of ministry. And we're going we're gonna to look at that. And I got to say, there's not a whole lot, um, well, I didn't go looking too far either, but um, there's not a whole lot that I can go to from and hear that people taught on this in my life. A lot of, even people I respect and look to um, in the past, a lot of them would say that, that, that that's over, that ended. And I don't believe that. I don't, I don't believe that, um, as we looked at last week, that fivefold ministry gifts have ceased. Um, God doesn't play and just, well, I'm taking this one away, but I'm going to leave you with teaching. You know, we, we covered some of that last week that a lot of the people that are cessationists, they st- but they'll still believe in teaching. That's interesting to me. Like they'll still, they'll kind of pick and choose what gifts are still available today, but they'll throw out apostles and, and prophets. And, uh, I value the gifts that, that Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we saw that right? Corinthians, those are gifts of the spirit. These office gifts are gifts of Jesus. And we covered most of that last week, but just recapping. So I won't go into all of the this section that we read last week, but let's just start in chapter 4, verse 11. It says, and he himself, being Jesus, gave some to be apostles. Not everyone's apostles. Some prophets. Not everyone's prophets. Some evangelists. Not everyone's an evangelist. Some pastors and teachers. Not everyone's pastors and teachers. But here's where he gave them. For the equipping, and we looked at the Greek and all of that, of the saints for the work of ministry. Amen? So he gave those gifts so that you, the saints, would be equipped for the working of ministry. Amen. That, that makes this pastor, or whatever title you want to stick on me, very happy. 
I'm encouraged that the gifts that Jesus gave to the church were that we, we would do the work of the ministry. That we're all included in that. Now, that doesn't mean we're all apostles, all prophets, all evangelists, all pastors, teachers. Amen? But we are all included in doing the work of the ministry, of being ministers. Amen? I'm a lot more excited of that than you guys are today. But praise God, I'm still excited either way. <laughs> and, and how long should that be? And, and that work is to edify the body, to build it up completely. And how long? Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, fully mature, fully equipped, to the measure, I love that he makes this so clear, to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. Are we there yet? No. So those gifts are still for us because he showed us how long and, and till, it says till we all. Could you say that maybe, maybe, maybe there's someone who has come to that point? I haven't met him, and I can tell you I'm not there. That doesn't mean that you can't be closer than I am. I'm not your measure, and I'm not your limit. It says the, until the full measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, not the full measure of the stature of Steve. Or I don't, look, I don't have to look at any person and go, well, until the full measure of the person, I think they're like, no. So we're not there. Now, I do think it's important to look at the word apostle. Let's see what it says, the Greek meaning of ap ap apostolos. Apostolos. It means delegate. It means it's a delegate. Specifically, an ambassador of the gospel. Officially, a commissioner of Christ. Apostle. With miraculous powers. Apostle, messenger, he that is sent out. That is the definition in the Greek of what an apostle is. I think it's a, probably a pretty good one. What do you think? I think we should probably stick with it. We shouldn't adapt it and change it too much. Now, with that definition, we as people can go, well, that could be this, that could be that, could be this, could be this. And I say with you, yeah, could be. Here's what I know about apostles. You don't see, um, you see, well, we're going to get into it. They're, they're, they're very unique. I'll say that. Very unique, very dynamic. And one moment they can come and be like, I'm an apostle. But a lot of the times they're saying, I'm the least. It's what's needed. You'll see, and, and I, I don't have time this week, but I would encourage you. I might do a couple. Um, but I would encourage you, go to every single beginning. Well, first, read Acts, because you got a lot of homework this week. <laughs> okay, can you handle it? Good. If you can't, I'm giving it to you anyway. So, <laughs> Next week, and, and we might get into this um, this week, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And I, I did something very unique. Instead of go doing all my, I said, Lord, where should I look for my information for apostles? Because I don't need anyone else's. And hear me, not that I don't value teachers, not that I don't, I, I do look at commentary and there's, but I want it specifically because there's a lot of ideas on this. God is so awesome. He is, and he knows like how simple I am. He's like, <laughs> go look at Acts. Like, 
well, that's probably a good idea. So I just read Acts. And every time I'd see apostle or see, bing, I started looking at, the quali- looking at their qualities and looking at how God was using them. And then felt like I was reading through just, just for funsies. Sometimes you just read just for funsies, right? And 1 Corinthians chapter 4, it's like Paul gives the whole layout. Here's what an apostle looks like. And he uses three um, before we get there. But it's super cool. So that's kind of what we're doing. And then I'm going to take some liberty and share with you some of the people in my life that I have seen or come across with an apostolic anointing. Is that okay? And I, but I will make sure to tell you, this is Steve Dennison's opinion. Doesn't mean it's gospel. But then we're going to read scripture, and you're going to go, that's gospel. Fair? Okay. I am one who believes um, there are still delegates, ambassadors of the gospel, officially commissioners of Christ, with miraculous power, messengers that he has sent out. I still believe. Amen? Now, let's look. I'm going to help you with some of this. The first apostles Jesus chose were eyewitnesses. Now, this was very clear of, of when um, Judas was died, killed himself, and they chose Matthias. It had to be someone that was an eyewitness. Okay, That was to be in the 12, in the, in the original group. had to be an eyewitness. So those qualifications. The first apostles Jesus chose were eyewitnesses to establish, hear me, establish and build the foundation of the church. The 12, that was their purpose. They were first in time, first in authority, ministry, and first in the giftings. And had authority to write scripture. Here's a big difference between apostles then and apostles now. If you hear of, like, and you've seen this happen with other churches. Well, we have this apostle. His name's, I'll just say, like Joseph Smith. And he wrote a bunch. False. Wrong. Wrong answer. The canon's closed. There's no more scripture being written. If someone comes and says, I'm an apostle, and he has given me a new book for the Bible, and this is scripture, you go, false. You're wrong. I, I, I don't even have to, li- like, wrong. Grab an E. Grab an E break. Right? Don't go. Don't go forward. Flip around and get out. Now, just because there's false and fakes doesn't mean we throw them all out. There's false pastors. There's people operating in all of those different areas that shouldn't be. Is that fair? Okay. But the first, those were eyewitnesses, and they had some special responsibilities as the first. Just like Moses, as the first prophet, had a little different relationship and different responsibilities than the other prophets. Does that make sense? Okay. You guys are with me. Right on. Um, So they also will sit on thrones and judge the 12 tribes of Israel, those 12. And that's Luke 22, 28 through 30. For the sake of time, I'm not going to go there. But you can take notes. um, Luke 22, 28 through 30. Now, the gift of apostleship is still for today. But in a few areas, it differs from the first. And has a slightly different purpose. So I would say it this way. The foundation has been built and established. Scripture has been written. The apostolic gift today is to build from that foundation up. Are you with me? Still builders. 
But that foundation has been laid and established by the 12. Okay? That's why it says if anyone comes preaching a different gospel, that's not all right. Now, Paul also was very unique, and he was an apostle to who? The Gentiles. Now, he would say, I don't build on another man's foundation. That wasn't saying that he wasn't building off of the foundation of the apostles. He was just saying, I'm not going off because some other guy, like going to the Gentiles, like, I'm going to build off my foundation. And that's very apostolic. Apostles, I mean, I, they're not that they don't play well with their, they work well with everybody, but they don't build on other people's foundations. They just really don't. They're like, they usually come with something that's like, or they're restructuring something, or they're fixing something that's out, and then they build from there. That's, that's very um, apostolic. Not that they don't work well with others. That's, that's not so. But they just really have a, 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 an authority and a, and a, and a anointing to, to go into new territory, not just geographically, spiritually also, to new areas where things, the Holy Spirit's wanting to go birth something and do something, not new out of, not like it's never been seen or heard before, but can bring fresh revelation and sensitive, just like, and, and, and often work with prophetic that way. Feel the sense the Lord's wanting to do something there. And that apostle will be sent to go and establish that. We know there were other apostles after the 12. This is something I, I will spend a little bit of time on. So we know, there's some people say, there wasn't any other apostles. Well, we know, and how do I know that? Biblically, there is other apostles. So I, I will spend a little bit of time there. Now, those apostles we're going to build from the foundation up. It says that the office would not end. After the 12, and that office would not end until, how do we know the office doesn't end? Because until we all attain the unity of the faith, we have the knowledge of the Son of God, a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Amen? So, are we there yet? No. Have we all attained the unity of the faith? Are we all fully mature? The fullness of Christ by, by measure? No. All right, so at this point you're saying, Pastor Steve, what are the other apostles besides the 12? Right, somebody asked that. Thank you. That's a great question. I'm so glad you asked that. So let's look at uh, James, the half-brother of Jesus and leader of the Jerusalem church. Galatians 1.19 tells us that he is an apostle. Okay. Barnabas, Acts 14.14. 14. And if you want some of my notes for, so you can do your homework or research, I'm more than welcome to give them to you um, after I'm done with them second service. Acts 14.14 14 tells us that Barnabas was an apostle. Obviously, Paul, Acts 14.14, 14, and all kinds of other references. Go to every, just about every single book that Paul writes, and you'll see Paul say, I, Paul, an apostle, sent by the Lord, not by men. Apollos was an apostle. We see that in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 4, verses 6 through 9, which we're going to look at. Timothy and Silvanus in 1 Thessalonians 1, 1 and 2, 6. Those two were apostles. Epaphroditus in the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 25. Now, I want you to see something. In that one and a couple to come, 
the King James Version will use instead of apostle or apostolon, they will use messenger. That's a mistranslation. King James only, folks, I'm, I'm, let me go hide. So, but that is, that is not a, it can be part of that description, but the true word in the Greek is apostle. So, um, apostolos is actually apostle and delegated specifically ambassadors of the gospel, officially commissioners of Christ, amen, with miraculous powers. Two unnamed apostles we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 23. We don't know what their names are, but they're brothers of fame among the churches and a brother tested. It says, as for our brethren, they are messengers of the church. Once again, that's a mistranslation. It should say um, apostolon or apostole. They are apostole of the churches, a glory to Christ. Again, it was translated messengers, but it's apostole. It's an apostle. I don't know if it's an Italian one. I don't know. But. So, so far there's, there's nine besides the 12. Or, and then you had um, um, Barnabas. 13 plus nine. That's, we have 22 to this point. 22 apostles. Then you have and Andronicus and Junia from Romans verse, chapter 16, verse 7. He says, salute Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen. Kinsmen. The Paul saying kinsmen. They're like me. Amen. My fellow prisoners who were of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me, were these genuine apostles? Now, you know, there's some debate on this one. Were, were these genuine apostles or were they, um, Ryrie, the man who wrote the Ryrie Study Bible, says that, that they, um, they were, uh, he wouldn't count them. They weren't as well known to be apostles. But, so I'm, I'm okay with either way you want to see that. Doesn't, not that it doesn't matter, but still, like, there's plenty more after the original 12. So you could either have 24 at this point or 22. So how many apostles? The last one I'm going to say is Hebrews 3.1 designates Jesus Christ, the apostle and high priest of our profession. Jesus was an apostle. I mean, why wouldn't? I mean, th th he's everything, <laughs> right? I mean, all the gifts, yes. All the fullness of God, yes. And can he give of himself as a gift? Yes. So, that's uh, 25. Now, I'm going to go into my own little area of belief, okay? This doesn't mean it's so, because I say it, all right? I'm going to take a little liberty, not too much, but I think you might, you, might, you might agree with me, you might not, and that's okay. It doesn't mean we have to agree. You with me? I believe the founder of Foursquare, Amy Simple McPherson, you could say was an apostle. If you look at the qualifications of the things that happened that she did, now, you could say she was a lot of different things, and I'm going to get to that point at some point. Originally, she and her husband went off to China to be missionaries, which I believe a lot of missionaries operate from an apostolic anointing. They are sent. They're sent ones into what? Most of the time into new territory, just like the original apostles would go into areas that had not heard the gospel. And with that gifting, you're going to need a lot of different gifts because there's no one else a lot of times out there with you. So you have miraculous, um, there is a, a miraculous anointing on you that is for bringing the truth and people getting people's attention and then going, whoa, God's real. 
I don't know why this works or why it doesn't, why it's, to me it's limited here in the United States, but you see it outside, and it's probably because it's, there's an obedience of being sent. You will see, they will see a lot more miracles, a lot more power things outside of the church. And I believe, and this is just to say Steve, but I believe there's something powerful about going to the world, make disciples of all men, like that going. Like it's purposely intended that all of us are probably going to see a heck of a lot more miracles and things outside the four walls of the church because there's an obedience to going. It's by design. Not that we don't see it here. We do. But you see it in a larger effect outside. And I've experienced that in my life. When I've been sent, when I've went on, when I went out of this country, I saw some crazy... Whoa! Like, this is for real! Like, healings, miracles, demons coming out, all of it. Like, this is awesome! I've also seen that here, but not in the same level and, and just normalcy. It was like very normal. So... I think Amy Simple McPherson was one, and there's a, a bunch, but she started off in an arena of missionary. Then she came home, and she has a heart of an evangelist. And she's going and ministering all over the United States, going into in new territories through ethnicity. Like she was told, don't go in those areas, don't minister. She didn't care. She was sent from someone besides man. Are you with me? So she had to be, and, and, and in their makeup, they are these types of people that are able to be like, okay, I'm on assignment. I've been sent by God. Not like the Blues Brothers, but like legitimate. You with me? Some of you are getting that. Okay, praise God. <laughs> I won't share that in the second service. <laughs> They're on mission. Now, on that, so then people would say, well, she was a missionary. Oh, no. Well, she was an evangelist. Because, and she had a heart for evangelism. So much so that in the foundations of Angelus Temple, it says dedicated into, the, um, into worldwide evangelism. Dedicated for the purpose of worldwide evangelism. Like her heart was that it wasn't just about this church. And even though she pastored that church, she was often gone a lot, going outside the country. Because there was an apostolic, I believe, an apostolic call in her life. And there was miracles following that. Amen? So a lot of first things happened through her life, which what I would say, that's like first powerful radio station getting, getting set up, Christian radio station. It blew everything away. Like there was just radical stuff that came through her life. Today, if anyone knows much about David Hogan, that dude's an apostle. That, that guy has an apostolic anointing on his life, has birthed like three or four hundred churches, and I don't know how many, like through him and his ministry, hundreds of people have been raised to life from the dead. Like crazy miraculous stuff happening in South America and in, in Mexico. Like there is still an apostolic function and office and anointing that is very real, and it is very powerful, and it gets things done. Um, so those are just a couple, um, in, and there's many, many, many more. Um, but I think a lot of times, and I think there's a lot more that are even pastors that, that are pastoring that are temporarily 
doing that in that office and, and because an apostle will do that sometimes you'll see through the book of acts paul stayed somewhere for two or three years teaching building up but then he's going to turn things over and he's off again like there there is something to that that so there can be and there can be that apostle looking like we want to always put classifications on people and and kind of put like you're this because maybe for that season they were doing that and then you put it on that and then some of them though they may have an apostolic anointing on them that we just say well there's something else you with me does that make sense it if not it's okay that's just my thought all right i'm going to come back to this because there has been abuses does not mean we throw the gift out all right just because there's been people who have said and that name gets thrown around a lot and i'm going to pick on charismatics a little bit um People like these titles, and I'm the apostle, so stop it. I will promise you, if you're an apostle, you ain't got to tell nobody. If you have an apostolic anointing on your life, it's kind of obvious. Like, it was very obvious when Paul showed up. Right? It was very obvious when all of those listings that I told you, when they came to town, it was very obvious. It didn't always mean either that they were an old man, even though there's a fatherly and a fathering that happens through apostles. Timothy wasn't old, but he's an apostle. All right? You with me? All right, so I'm going to look at uh, point three. Yeah, we're not going to get into <laughs> I had I had high hopes. We're not even going to make it to 1 Corinthians 4, but praise God. Um, <laughs> we're, I, I, I want to, I'm proud of this little statement. Okay, dang it, I'm going to read it. Is that all right? Um, it is my belief that apostolic ministers are the most unique gift mix of all ministers. And I say unique in the most beautiful kind way. They seem to have a mix of all the other offices and are kind of like a Swiss army knife that is hard to describe. This is my idea. This is not scripture. This is my idea. Okay. So if someone comes and doesn't like my statement, I'm okay with that. You can be right. I could be wrong. Are you with me? When we get into point four, you have a right to be wrong because it's just going to be scripture, okay? But this is my thought. Swiss Army knife kind of a... People always have trouble putting them in a box that would fit their liking. There is no mistaking their power and anointing to bring clarity and alignment to the church. Those who take care do not take charge. Hear me. Those who take care do not take charge. That could sum up in a very small statement, a very like an apostolic gift. Not that they don't care, but, but you'll find with an apostle, like there's so much care getting taken to something that things aren't happening. That's, they're like, they take charge. It's, it's not happening there let's go you see paul just he's like what there's there's people there they've heard the all right i just built this church up okay you you you're in charge take it on okay you got it great i'm out Boom. you just see like it's just driven he's 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 motivated that is that is part of that apostolic i believe um there's no mistaking their power and anointing. They can do the most humble. Now listen, they can be the most humble of all the ministers 
and carry a very large stick all at the same time. They're very unique. You see Paul at times going, I'm the least of the apostles. I'm the least of the... And then he'll get up in Peter's face and be like, dude, you're a hypocrite. What the heck? You weren't, you weren't, you weren't hiding from... Uh, you, you were eating with the, the Gentiles not long ago, but then all these Jews showed up, and now you're sitting away from them. He got up in his grill. And yet he's very humble too. I'm the least. Like, just some things I saw as I'm reading through Acts. And they can be the most humble of ministers and carry a very large stick at the same time. They have a completely sold-out heart to serve the body and please the Lord. They are completely sold out. They, they counted their life as dung. They have, they have discounted everything for the priceless gain of knowing Christ, just to know him. Like, that apostle, it, it is, they are sold out. There is no going back. Like, they've done lit the fire to the house, to everything else, and they're on mission. They challenge you. They have a father's heart, and yet do not need to be old. They are always faithful. And when I came with that statement, they're always faithful. I've seen that in script, they're always faithful. That made me think of the Marines. They have a slogan, it's called Simplify, always faithful. So you could say, and this again, this is thus saith Steve, the apostles are like Marines of the gospel. They're like first in, <laughs> they're, they're taking, storming the beaches, they're taking ground. And there's bullets flying, and they're kind of like, come on, guys, we can do it. And, you know, getting shot, it's like, oh, I'm bleeding? Oh, okay, well, that's no biggie. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of that. They're just, they're a little different breed. And a lot of other people are like, dude, this guy, this guy seems kind of serious. Yeah, he's an apostle. This dude's kind of wild. <laughs> and thank God for him. But they, they, they don't always fit real good. They're going to challenge you. They're going to... Some of the other, now listen, God has gifted the, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher to work and fight arm in arm, united. They don't fight, they're not designed to fight against each other. They are gifted from Jesus to the church for the equipping of the saints. So you need all of those because guess what? Not everyone's apostles. There wouldn't be much care given. There would be some. There's care given, but they're going to be like, you're good? Good. All right, I'm out. I got to go. Thank God. They got to get new ground. We got to spread the gospel. They're going to be like, get up, buttercup. They're just, the pastor's, you know, that pastor gift, shepherd is going to be a little more, dude, are you Okay. Hold up, Mr. Apostle. We probably should we should bandage this up before we keep going. <laughs> Prophet, how much time we got? You, you with me? Like we need all of it. I don't want to discount any of the gifts. That doesn't mean. There's one above the other. Like, they're late. They're not, it's not a hierarchy. You're not, like, working your way up from, like, well, I was a teacher for five years, and then I 
I worked my way up to the pastor, and then and then I got to a level that I went off into the evangelism, the world of evangelism, and and then I got the I made the rank of prophet. And and someday, someday I'll I'll earn my way up to apostle. That's man's idea. That's how man does things. God just goes you, 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 and you. Here's some gifts. Here's some grace, actually. Here's some grace. Just like all the other spiritual graces. Amen? Can any of you take credit for any of the gifts that the Holy Spirit gave you? I haven't met any, well, I mean, actually, that's not true. I've met some people that have tried to take credit for it. Um, <laughs> I apologize, Lord. You're right. Um, the more mature we get in the Lord, we will see, I don't have anything good in me outside of Jesus. Anything good, and that's not trying to be, like, unreasonably humble. It's just a fact. You will say, if there's anything good coming out of me, that's a grace from the Lord that he's given. Right? And you think, thank God he's given us gifts, and we can appreciate gifts in people. I sure do. I love, I, I love to see the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the office gifts when someone's functioning from the call of God that God placed on them, not man, and they're just functioning out of that place. It is so beautiful. It's like the birds are singing. It's like awesome. It's like it's supposed to be that way. And you just know in your knower. Right? They don't have to go tell you. They don't have to, to, to have the, the title in front of their name so everyone bows and kisses the ring. It's just a beautiful, it's just a beautiful gift that is given to the body. And we as the body are like, wow, that's beautiful. And we don't have to get in competition of it or feel like, well, we're less than because they no. They don't have any credit for that. They've just been gifted it. Just like you've been gifted your gifts. And all of those gifts together make the church. And then we're able to fully be functioning, all working together for the purpose of the gospel. Amen? And it's his business who he chooses, and it's his business how he calls, and it's his business in the seasons, and all of that. It's his business. Are you guys with me? This is more teaching today. Apostles are supernaturally gifted here, and I'm still in my ideas, what I've experienced. Apostles are supernaturally gifted to open new spiritual and geographical territory for the gospel. They lay foundations, they equip believers, and they serve as catalysts and coordinators for churches and ministries. I know that's a lot. That's what they do. Now hear me. What I'm laying out, it, we, people, we want to put these boxes on every, we try to box God even. You can't box them. You don't even have, you don't have to title them. He does that. You can just recognize like, dude, there's some gifting there. And we will at times be challenged and go like, well, I think that's their gift. And then Especially, the, I think the apostle is the most unique one. He's going to jack you up. You're going to mess that one up over and over and over again. You're going to try so hard, like, oh, they're this. They might be, they might be for a while. 
that I believe like they're like the utility knife of like, because they can go into the uncharted territory without anybody else, them and the Holy Spirit, and accomplish everything that needs to happen. And then raise up other ones. And then build up the church and go, okay. And, and they're recognizing, oh, this is, I can see this gift in you. And Timothy, here, take this church on. I got to go. Well, Timothy was an apostle too. But yet he stayed in Ephesus for a long time. What do we do with that? Believe me, as a pastor, I'm supposed to be teaching you, like, this is what I have to come to. I don't know. And I don't need to know. But I want to share what I do know. And I want to share what the Bible tells us. Amen? Here's something I watched firsthand when I was in Africa. Apostles, I will tell you this. I believe in my believer, and I see this in Scripture. Apostles will start new ministries, build them up, and turn them over and start over again. I watched Bishop Natuka, who I have a lot of respect for. One of uh, uh, the the man that, well, the first man, um, Donnell, was a missionary and had an an apostolic anointing on him, too. He went into Japan and started ministry in Japan right after World War II. There wasn't no churches there. He established churches, and it built the Assemblies of God in Japan. Like, the man and his wife were amazing. And then they retired, came back, and, and worked with us knuckleheads in Teen Challenge. I was so blessed. I, when I was around him, every single time he would come in the room or he would come in and I would give him a hug, I felt the love of God like I never, him and Bishop, it came out of them. It was tangible and it was like you were hugging Jesus. I, I felt that one other time in the jewelry store with a, a, a Mexican gentleman that I think he was a missionary. I'm like, and that's, I'm like, Lord, if there's people that I'm like, Lord, I want that. And that comes from a lot of time of being in his presence. Like, you don't just, that's not just a gift. I think that's, that's just a, that's a blessing that's just from being in his presence. Being with him, it just rubs off on you. And so anyways, they're strong, and, and that guy challenged me. He would say things like this. If you don't ever leave the United States and do any kind of, like, missionary work, it's a sin. He'd say stuff like that, and you're like, how dare you? And they're like, I love you. He would be the most challenging, like, and I knew what he was saying. He'd say, it says go into the world. This, was, this is a great commission. Go into all the world. Make disciples. That's a command. I took him serious. I think he's right. Like, it's not just for some of you superhero, like, it's for us. But those types of people will challenge you, and there's a love that will come out of them all at the same time. Bishop Natuka was another one. When I went over to Africa, that guy, he had built 36 different churches and had one of the largest churches in Kenya at the time and was turning it over to his son. He would build churches, start works, as they call them, with sticks and bisqueen. Sticks and bisqueen. And people would start coming, and he would minister build the church up into a building, to a fully functioning, healthy church, and then adios. Going off into new territory where there's nothing, but let's put some sticks and bisqueen together and start a church. And most of us Americans, once you get to the church that got pretty comfortable and everything was looking pretty good, you'd take a crowbar to get you out of there. Those apostles, they don't care too much about comfort. 
I mean, they, Paul says, like, I've learned how to be like, it's cool. Like, it's good when I have a lot. It's also good if I don't have much. He's still praising God in the, in the dungeon. Right? There's some different folks. Their love is a little, a little different than of the, the most. So those apostles, I, I've seen, they, they start new ministries, they build them up, and then they turn them over. You see Paul going through those over and over. He would, he would get a church, and he would spend time there, and then he would turn it over. And that's got to be hard. Can you imagine? Like, that's your baby. And then you turn it over. And, and he knows, like, wolves are going to come in and try to devour you. There's going to be false, false apostles and false prophets come in amongst you. I'm still on my ideas here. Sorry. When I, when I'm wrapping up, though. They can deal with tough environments, tough setbacks, cross-cultural barriers, and raise up other leaders, pastors, and shepherds. They can deal with harsh environments. You need these people. We need them. They can deal with tough setbacks. They're able to cross cultural barriers. They're, they can go into different territory that, that others wouldn't be able to go into. Like they're, just, they're just an anointing on them to do, and you're going like, how does that work? Jesus has given that gift to the church. They can overcome barriers. They're like always overcoming barriers. And the, that apostolic anointing is always raising up other leaders because they know they're not going to be there long. I believe. That's my thought. But they're always going and seeing like, let's raise up a pastor there. Let's raise up, ooh, there's a prophetic there. Let's, they're, they're building that. They're, they're wanting because they're in first. They're, they're being sent into new areas and they're building those things up and they're collecting people and, and fathering that. Doesn't mean you're 80 years old. They're influential, very influential leaders of leaders. I believe that apostolic is, is, is a leader of leaders. Other leaders recognize. You know what I'm saying? Like, how many of you know, like, you can even be a leader, and, and you, you can recognize a leadership anointing or a very strong, you're like, I can recognize that. Like, that ap apostolic gifting, they're leading leaders. Like, other leaders are drawn to them. They're raising up those who are going to go out and take some ground. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that is part of that gift. They have the charismatic gifts to help accomplish those purposes. They have those spiritual, Holy Spirit gifts in operation. And it helps them accomplish all of those purposes. You'll see multiple. And then we'll want to try to say, oh, well, an apostle has this, 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 this of the spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit gives those. We, we don't box them up. You're gonna see, and, and as you're going to see, in each one, if we go through the prophetic, the prophet, the prophet's probably going to have some apostolic in him too. Could have some evangelism gifts. Like, and each one of us should have some of those. That doesn't mean that's your call. You can be an encourager, and that's your main gift. With a bent to like, yeah, when you know the when that evangelist comes or that missionary comes and, and they begin to minister, like something stirs in me. That doesn't necessarily mean you're a full-blown apostle, but you may want to and need to go on a missionary trip here and there. 
And in that, use the gifts that God's given you. Are you with me? You're like, Pastor Steve, I feel like we were clear, now we're getting gray. Yeah? What I'm trying to say is, is Jesus distributes it. The offices, those positions, and the Holy Spirit distributes the charismatic gifts. And each one of those offices are going to function, and some, I would say, are probably, you could say there's a handful of them, are probably pretty consistent <laughs> that are going to run with them. But each one of us are unique and different. And each one of us are going to be sent into a different area that there's going to be some different unique gifts went with. So we need to be, Pastor Jay, you say, blessed are the flexible, right? You need to be flexible with that. You need to be able to be, all right, Lord. We, what we need to recognize is the calling and anointing on people's lives. Amen. You need to regulate like, spirit begets spirit. You need to go like, wow. When, and see that in people. When you do this, some of you have such a gift of just giving. And I say just because it's like you don't think it's a very big thing. But man, when the Holy Spirit moves on you and you give, it has such a powerful anointing. And, it, and, the, and the heavens, like, boom, there's powerful resources that are getting released and powerful things happen. Like, that's not to be looked down on as some small thing. Each one of us, in coordination, in harmony, as the Holy Spirit and the Father and the Son are directing, you are making this beautiful, beautiful song. And people are hearing it and being touched, and, and the power of God is being released. And we all say, yes and amen. And the love of God is being released through those gifts and through those offices for the purpose of the church being edified and built up for the work of the ministry. Amen.